Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 130. I unfortunately missed going to the Kansas City Burlesque Festival in person, but I am joined by my friend Kira. She's the queen of Casey Burlesque for 2022, and she didn't even tell me till the end of the episode that she has the cutest burlesque name. She goes by Petite Sarah. Kira helped me learn some new things about burlesque, such as that there's different types of burlesque. She happens to be a classic burlesque dancer. And she told me a few things about what it takes to get started in burlesque and a few of her favorite makers that you should also check out if you are currently a dancer or thinking about getting into it. Karen and I talked about how, you know, just through some of life's experiences that there's so much to be learned about our, our bodies and body image, how we feel about ourselves, also about relationships and our sexualities. You can find Kira on Instagram at Kira Lynn, and you can also check Downtown Underground for more information about upcoming shows. Obvi, I feel like I need to pay more attention next summer, next May, so that I can make sure that I make next year's Kansas City Burlesque Festival. It is already in my calendar for early April to pay attention and see if tickets are available for sale. I'm not missing it next year. Speaking of something you should not miss getting tickets for, I have an in-person workshop on Monday, June 27th. That's coming up in just a few short days from this air date, I know. And obviously it's just for locals. It's here in Kansas City. My dear friend of a decade, Rose Hines and I, she calls herself the self-care advocate. Uh, She and I are going to be hosting Making Space for Intimate Self-Care. So we are going to be doing a combination of things. Now this is on the new moon, so we are going to be doing some guided meditations, some journaling, and help you find clarity on what it is you're looking for either in a future partnership or in your current relationship that takes it to another level. Email me, Kristen, at openthedoorscoaching.com if you are interested in tickets, or you can go to MindBody. It's an app and search for Yoga Patch, which is the location we are hosting the event and search for creating space for intimate self-care. Again, that's Monday, June 27th from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets are just $40. Now in about 10 months time, so mark your calendar for the end of April, Another sexologist and I, Christine D'Angelo, who also went to Sex Coach U, she and I are going to be hosting a couple's intimacy retreat. This isn't just for people who feel like their relationship is down in the dumps and they need to have a, you know, full relationship rejuvenation. I mean, you are welcome there if you feel like you're at that point. But this is also for couples that feel pretty happy, like really do truly 
feel like their relationship is solid, yet perhaps they want to explore different avenues in the bedroom together. Perhaps they've lost that spark. Yeah, I hate being so cliche and saying things like, oh, you've lost the spark and you want to reignite the flames. But it's easy to make that analogy because your desire really is that, that fire within us that makes us want to get down. So if you feel like your fire needs stoked, if you feel like you've lost the connection, or if you feel like you simply want to have an even better connection than you already have, I would like to invite you to please either join my email newsletter, The Dirty Bird, or my Safer Work one. Either one will keep you up to date or email me directly. Again, Kristen at OpenTheDoorsCoaching.com. Let me know that you're interested so I can set you up on a private email list. Uh, Just again, one I'm maintaining for myself just to make sure that I keep in contact with people who are interested. It is going to be five amazing days at a beautiful resort, all-inclusive in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. You know, we'll, we'll take care of getting you there and back from the airport. We will make sure that you have a beautiful view of the ocean from your room. And at the end, we're going to have a recommitment ceremony. It's going to be a beautiful week. And I hope if you even remotely thought while I was describing this, like maybe, maybe just me, even if it's a maybe, just go ahead and reach out to me and I'll make sure to keep you up to date as we get things booked. We just picked out the hotel where we're like finalizing the contract right now. So, all right. Thank you so much. I hope to see you at, you know, if not one of these two workshops, another workshop coming up soon. Or I'll see you on the internet. So enjoy this interview with the Queen of Casey Burlesque. I am joined by someone I met a few years ago, just barely right before the pandemic. And I have unfortunately not gotten to see in person since then because I miss the Casey Burlesque Festival. But I am joined today by the Queen of Casey Burlesque. Kira, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited. I'm so glad to have you here. I saw recently that you won and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to reach out to her and have her on my show to talk about this. I love, 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 love burlesque. I do too. (laughs) You do. Yeah. So like the Casey Burlesque Festival was just a couple of weeks ago. Wasn't it like a a three-day event? It's, um, it's actually only two, two days. Okay. It's, um, we do a Friday night where all the performers who are coming in from out of town and local performers, um, and people that are judging or, you know, whatever it might be, have a late night show to perform in. And then the next day is kind of the, the big, the big one at the Folly. Mm-hmm. And so the first act is local and out of town performers that don't want to compete and then the second half is the competition ah so yeah i mean when i heard about the casey burlesque fest pre-pandemic i mean i i thought it was just going to be sort of like a a showcase i didn't realize there was actually a crown to win at the end yeah (laughs) not all of the not all the festivals have competitions but there are many that do uh there was uh, Show Me Burlesque in St. Louis used to have a competition. I'm not sure if they still do uh, Viva Las Vegas. There's quite a few kind of around gotcha. around the nation and then, you know, internationally as well. I yeah. know that um, Puss in Boots, who is from here, um, I'm just going to call her Puss because 
you can look her up on the internet. Yeah. Um, Puss in Boots. She's Puss NYC. She is from Kansas City. Absolutely incredible. And she won an international title a few years ago. Right. And I think that she was Case, the queen of Casey Burlesque in like 2017, 2016, something like that. So she she's a former queen here. But she actually had moved to New York before she came back and won. So yeah, very she's cool. doing very well out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so awesome. how long have you participated in the Casey Burlesque Fest? This was my... Hold on. This was my fourth year mm-hmm. participating, my third year competing. Mm-hmm. The first year was a fluke because actually Vera Valentina, who won in 2019, had to drop out like about two weeks or three weeks before. Um, she had some kind of scheduling mishap and um Marissa asked, Marissa is our, is our, the head of Casey uh, Burlesque Downtown Underground. Um, And she asked if I would step in because I do love classic burlesque and I'll explain there are differences between classic and neo. Mm. Um, And I love classic burlesque, but I was still getting into kind of the basics. So I competed in 2018, Mm. definitely did not win, didn't place at all (laughs) because I was still figuring it all out. But um, but it was a great time. And then I was first runner up in 2019 and then we haven't had one. And I came in first this year. So yeah. So cool. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, I yeah. I did not know that there's I, mean, I guess I assume there'd be different styles of burlesque since there's like different styles yeah. of dance. And to me, that's really what it is. I you know, I did dance classes as a little girl. And the first time yeah. that I saw a burlesque dancer, I was like, I want to do that. And I think that's about when my parents shut it all down and did let me go back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a friend that at her wedding, her mom and sister referenced how they were so worried about her when she was little because she used to say that she wanted to be a stripper. I was like, there's nothing wrong with being a stripper, being a burlesque dancer, y'all. Um, but how how long have you been doing burlesque overall? Um, well, let's we're gonna take it back a little bit. Please do. Um, so uh I was a stripper. Mm-hmm. uh in a club setting so I found so being uh when I was in college I I don't even know if I was 19 yet I'm pretty sure I was new not newly 18 but not far off uh-huh. um through a girlfriend and you know back back then my body image wasn't so positive um I'm very open Um, if you've ever heard me do any other podcast, uh, I do talk about my eating disorder quite a bit, um, because it is a huge part of my life, um, Mm -hmm. that I have been in recovery for, for a very long time, but it never goes away. Um, so I found, uh, I found, you know, stripping and, and clubs as a way to maybe control, um, some issues that I was having within my body because, Hey, you know, people liked me. And Mm -hmm. I found that really exciting. Um, I was in and out of the club scene probably until I was about 22, 21. I mean, it was a very short stint Mm -hmm. of time. Um, I mean, not the shortest stint, but a shorter stint. Um, And, you know, um, I worked at Hooters for a while. Like I've always 
there was a very long period of time where I utilized body image in a very incorrect, not incorrect, that's wrong to say, because I don't regret anything I've ever done, but used it in a way of more validation for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like trying to use not it validating. to pump yourself up. Right. But I didn't validate myself at all. I never was nice to myself. I used everyone else. Um, So years went on and, you know, I went into recovery for my eating disorder um, or I went to treatment and coming out of it, you know, I teach yoga. That's what I do for a living. And I found yoga um, actually quite a bit younger. Um, I was about 22, 23 when I found was that? No, that's, yeah. No, it was probably around the last club I ever worked in. So I think I was about 21 when I found mm. yoga. My parents were yogis. Mm. Um, and I can talk about this because my parents do know about all of this. Um, not happily, but <laughs> <laughs> they know. Um, and I, yeah, I found yoga. I wasn't ready for it. You know, it's like, the nice guy that you date when you're younger and you're like, I don't want the nice guy. And maybe you still don't really want the nice Mm -hmm. guy, but you deserve the nice guy, you know? Um, But you've got to get your mindset into the right space for it, right? (laughs) Right. So at 25, 26, I came out of treatment and kind of completely poured myself into my yoga practice, having found something that really benefited you know, I do what's called Ashtanga yoga. It's very disciplined practice. You practice six days a week. I don't always practice six days a week, but I do my best. Um, And it kind of gave me purpose in the mornings, you know, eating disorders are like an addiction. So Mm -hmm. finding something else that, that kind of feeds that purpose of something else to do um, and makes you feel uh, what's the word productive is mm-hmm. incredibly important. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I moved to Arizona when I was about 27, 26, 27, uh, to study with who is my mentor, um, in Ashtanga yoga and through it found, um, an incredible group of human beings that were, uh, sex workers and, polyamorous and just absolutely incredible people. And they kind of became a family to me. And I found um, this very burlesque style of acro yoga. And Mm. if you've ever seen acrobatic yoga, it's really beautiful. It's really weird. It's really cool. But we kind of created this sexual aspect to it. Um, Not about taking off clothes so much, but creating really beautiful situations Mm -hmm. and uh like sensual yeah Yeah. we did something we did a our first number we ever did was very long uh we did a live reading of the epic poem the wild party um it's a musical now and it's all this stuff but it started out as just like it's an epic poem it's super long and we had someone read it and we pretty much acted it out within mm. Africa. It was a really beautiful experience, beautiful performance. So we cool. just kind of kept doing that for years. Mm-hmm. And then, hi puppy. Um, <laughs> and then when I moved to, to uh, Kansas City, um, which I've been here now eight years, um, I waited a little bit, but then I finally found Casey Burlesque and kind of just felt right, felt right at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
the comp it's it's not a validation thing anymore and it's not about anything but i i love who i am and i have fun and to me that's the most important part um I'm not the most detail-oriented person, so sometimes the costuming is really difficult, but it's good for me. It's good for me to, like, be focused and, you know, get that stuff done, but I really do. I have I just kind of have found a second home. Yoga yeah. will always be first, but burlesque has kind of fed into this piece of performance that I love so much. Oh, I love that. What what a beautiful story arc <laughs> right there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, pretty, I'm pretty happy I don't think I could do it if it, if I didn't feel that way, because I wondered, you know, if it was going to feel like, like a negative energy, something I was drudging up that, but no, it, it's been a very, very um, kind of restorative, almost medicinal in a way, like it's really helped kind of release some of those negative feelings that I used to have good yeah you know it's what you shared about you know that transition from utilizing other people's feedback or words or their you know obvious desire for you to to feed something within you that you're not feeding on your own to you do have to sort of get to a place where you can go like well the these people like me. Why am I not liking myself as much? Yeah. Like if these people are so kind and caring and, and they pay me money for whatever. Why can't I, you know, have this own feeling for myself? Why am I using other people's energy to, to get this? And right. I think that's a journey. A lot of us go through that, that transition from the outside feedback versus Absolutely. our own innate feelings about something or about ourselves. So anyone that's listening out there that's feeling <laughs> yeah. that same way like trust me it's it's a journey well, but you know, just like just like burlesque or even yoga I mean all of these things nothing is new you know uh a transition or a movement I make up at some point has been done by someone else mm -hmm. and I feel that way not that in any way that I, that we as individuals aren't special but uh, you know, the story, my story, whether, you know, whether or not details are, you know, you can omit the details is, is a very normal story, that feeling. Um, and, you know, I think it's just, I think it was at least, you know, I was born in 82. So I think it was, a, it was quite a bit more suppressed growing mm. up for, for, you know, my age group. I'm an 81 baby. I hear yeah. you on that. So, but, you know, I feel like now, uh, I, I feel like these stories are being validated and they're feeling it from the inside, not just, you know, this outer validation. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Well, yeah, thank, yeah. You, thank you for sharing that for, oh, for, yeah. to me and for, for the listeners, because I think there's definitely some people out there that, We'll, we'll glean something for themselves from that. So I do, I do want to say though, that I, I hold no, no negativity against clubs and dancing in clubs. I don't regret a minute of it. Um, I always had a good time. I always had fun. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons, but that doesn't mean that an, another dancer you'll meet isn't doing it for the right mm -hmm. reasons. Yeah. I know a lot of people that do and 
they're wonderful and they're mm-hmm. wonderful dancers mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing and they're strong, you know, yeah. it's just important because yeah. I know that people think, or I know that, you know, it's a taboo idea that they don't care, you know, you don't care about yourself if you can take off your clothes or whatever it is. And believe me, that is, that is absolutely false. Absolutely <laughs> false. All of my friends that I've ever known that have danced in clubs, yes, have they had some like negative experiences, be it with a boss or a coworker or oh, a customer? Sure. I mean, like you can work in retail and have the exact same terrible experiences um, with your clothes on or off. Doesn't matter. Like <laughs> capitalism sucks, but all of them, every single last one of them have talked about how they feel totally different about their body after the experience than they did going in. They have different attitudes about sex and relationships afterwards Mm -hmm. than they did when they went in. So I'm curious, you you mentioned this, especially in the the yoga group, finding people that were sex workers that were polyamorous. Like, had you ever really been around polyamorous people before that experience? I hadn't. I had, um, you know, I grew up around... I guess what in the, you know, um, you know, I don't want to say alternative lifestyles because I think they're all normal. I think mm-hmm. everything is normal. It's all weird. All of yeah. it, even Same. the heteronormative. <laughs> I think that's so strange as well. Um, but you know, my, my parents were dancers and artists and they lived in New York. So, I mean, I knew more, you know, queer couples than I really knew straight couples until you know years you know I got a little bit older and we kind of moved around a bit Mm -hmm. but um I had never I had never been around polyamory before Mm -hmm. I definitely have been in my I had definitely been in my share of threesomes Mm -hmm. as a 20 something and as a late teen Mm -hmm. um and I knew that I was uh, bisexual at a very you know not young but I, I never had an issue with it. Like it was never a question for me. I just thought everyone was beautiful. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't worry about it. You're not going to bark Dexter. You be quiet. <laughs> um, and you know, my, my first female relationship, my parents didn't care, you know? So like for me, it wasn't, but I had never seen this communal household of human beings that was so positive and so communicative, more so than any monogamous relationship I had mm-hmm. ever been, I had ever been involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to this day, I still talk to all of them. I just one was in town not long ago, and we she, in Kansas City, and we had lunch um, because her partner right now is in a, is in a, um, in a band and they played at like knuckleheads or something. Mm -hmm. So they were touring here. Um, you know, one of them has been with their partner, like their primary partner now for since I, since before I moved. So I think it's going on 10 years, you know, they, they have somehow figured out a way to co-parent and master this. I mean, I can't say enough you know, positive words about what I learned Mm -hmm. from that and Mm -hmm. how to be just a a better partner in general, to Mm -hmm. be able to speak. And I, (laughs) I'm nowhere near there. I mean, I, you know, I feel like we all have our struggles, Um, Mm -hmm. but just watching them and their children are so 
grounded. Mm-hmm. They understand. They get it. Like they're. It's. It, it was a really. Be- it's a really beautiful experience when you can just be honest. <laughs> you know, or communicative. However, you yeah. Want it. Yeah. No. I mean, either way is like. I think open, honest, communicative. Like describe it any way that you want, but. Yeah, I think that there's, whether you are wired for monogamy or you are wired for consensual non-monogamy, it doesn't matter. Every couple or every person should have a poly couple in their lives because when you see it in action, even, even as someone who may be wanting to be in a monogamous relationship, you, like you say, can learn so much about Mm -hmm. how to really like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way about it or asking questions that might be tough or addressing situations that come up when things are kind of like sticky and icky. Yeah. They, they have that shit down or mm-hmm. if they don't have it down, it doesn't work. Like it just, it just doesn't, it can't. Yeah. So. And this was 2008, mm-hmm. 2009. That was really before it started coming into our oh, culture yeah. Absolutely. heavy, right? That was, yeah. And yeah. And you know, they, for, they pay, they paved the way for me to know how it doesn't work and watch other people, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, you know, you see it a lot because it now is, um, it's Very not a word, now. It, it's a no, not a normal word. You hear it a lot, whatever, mm-hmm. you, however, I'm like trying to not use <laughs> normal or whatever that, that is as my context, but um, yeah. it's a word that's spoken so often and utilized so often. And it's a very different, it's different than yeah. what I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So through you, you understand that you are bisexual, but yes. did you, um, as someone who is married and has been in a long-term relationship with a man, um, yeah. I'm also bisexual and with a man, um, and he is bisexual too. Um, but like, you know, with COVID and everything, we haven't gone out and played with anybody or anything like that. But, um, how do you, as like a, bi- a bisexual woman being in a relationship with a man, like that often either. Uh, has people in your life, if they don't know you very well, going like, well, are you really bisexual? Because you know, you're with it. Right. Like, like, what are, what are some of the things that have come up for you as a bisexual woman being in a relationship with a man? Well, most people just think I'm straight, like yeah. all, of, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, you know, and oftentimes, you know, I, I, I don't really even bring it up too often anymore, you know, to say it out loud, um, it's probably one of the first times in a, in a long time because, you know, it's not, we're, we're in Kansas city, Missouri, like as, as open as that is, it's not something that comes up too often. Um, and you know, there is, there's so much more terminology than just, you know, bisexual now. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if I know all of the terminology to like, you know, say correctly what, what it is, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's definitely, I, I definitely have questioned, like, maybe I'm just not that, that queer. I don't, you know, before, I know that's not the case. I just know that I found um, the only person that I would want to grow old with. And I find that important. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, you know, being with, this person that I married that I love and I'm attracted to and also is my friend. And I know that, you know, I'm going to find other people attractive and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I, that's just how that is. Yeah. Um, who knows what will happen, you know, down the road because 
I don't, I'm not a, a you know, I don't read minds and right. I can't, you can't predict the future. Exactly. I don't yeah. know what the tarot cards say. <laughs> <laughs> like you're young, all that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was saying, I think that <laughs> okay. he sat right in front. He said, it's absolutely okay. not. <laughs> I think one of the things that I don't want to say that I have struggled with, but something I have noticed is the, because I do reference, you know, calling myself queer, calling myself bi. And there have been times where people are like, oh, you are I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but you're with, with Matthew. I'm like, that does not make me not bisexual. Right. <laughs> like I, st- I still look at someone. I'm like, oh my God, she's, oh, ooh, ooh. or once yes. I get to know a woman, I'm like, I'm really, mm, I'd like to like get to know you better. But for me, it's more of every, every attraction that I've ever had, doesn't matter what their genitals are. It's more about the person I have found a hundred percent. I've I've been more attracted to men in general than I have women, but it's, it's this weird place of like by erasure is real, you know, it's right. Oh, well, you're, you're with a man now you weren't really into into girls or like oh you're you're with same sex now you weren't really you weren't really bi you were just on your way to gay and it's uh it's it's frustrating for me I think at times yeah. when people say things that I'm like um, let me correct you on that real quick but I, I try to take it from an educational standpoint of how can I help enlighten this person to understand to uh not be biphobic or you're not yeah. erased our existence. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, when you're when you're with someone for that long, it looks like, nope, you're just straight. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that. And I guess for me, it's just, I know, so I'm okay with it. Um, I don't really need anybody else to, to know or to care, but it isn't, you know, it, it is a nice feeling to just acknowledge, you mm-hmm. know, to acknowledge that, you know, I, I feel like that is, you know, we hear it every day. Not everything is as it seems and not mm-hmm. everything is, you know, black, well, obviously not black and white and mm-hmm. certainly not in the spectrum of sexuality, love and relationships. Like it, it's, it's all, an, it's an open book. Yeah. I think there's a lot of chapters that I won't see in my lifetime that will be written, you know, I hope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good way to put it. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I would, again, I want, I want to know more about the differences between classical and oh, yeah. neo-burlesque. And then yeah. um, I've got a couple other things I was thinking about asking you about. So, okay. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. So, back from the break, I am joined again. If you uh, are, if you've forgotten who I'm talking to, I'm talking to Kira Weinberger, who is the queen of Casey Burlesque. And she mentioned something earlier in the show that I didn't know about that there's different, I mean, I guess I could have assumed again that there were different kinds of burlesque, but she's a classic burlesque dancer, not a neo burlesque dancer. So help, help me understand the difference. Like if I'm, well, I'm watching a show, how do I know what they're into? 
Well, I do both. So mm -hmm. neo and classic. Um, classic is more the gowns and the um, classic kind of more big band, blues, jazz style music. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to see more of fans and boas. Like the big feather fans. Yes. And mm -hmm. rarely will the shoes come off and things like that. Things that... Mm -hmm. um, just kind of keep it a little bit more, I will never say sophisticated because we are on our knees and we are all over the place. And I do jump splits every show I can um, and handstands and I do all that stuff. But um, it is more about the music and the costumes. And if there is someone out there that is uh, a very, you know, a burlesque performer for life, they might be like, Kira, you are so wrong. But um, as far as I know, that is what, you know, that's what I learned. When we do a neo style, it's more, there's more of a storyline. The costume is more open. Um, one of my favorite performances I ever saw was a, I can't remember where she was from, but it wasn't from the United States, but she came in town and she did the burlesque fest in 2017 or 18. I can't remember. And she did um, it. The, uh, she did a Pennywise number and it was the creepiest and most incredible, hilarious, weird thing I've ever seen. She like <laughs> pulled this little boat across the stage and then a balloon slid. I mean, I don't know if I've ever just been in awe and laughed more in my life, but she was incredible. Um, so, you know, Neo can be that. Neo can also be, um, I, I do a number to Dear Future Husband and it's more just a, it, it's just, you know, that's the music style. It's different. It, you know, there, mm -hmm. there's just the, the different genre mostly has to do with costuming music. Sometimes the moves are going to be a little bit different, but I mean, you're going to find, you're going to find kind of like floor work and all that kind of stuff in either genre. It just mm -hmm. depends on which way mm -hmm. you're which way you're looking, but yeah, you'll see yeah. a little bit more of like a storyline or a character mm -hmm. in in the neo than you would in the classic. Classic is more about props and and costumes and and you know choreography, yes, but a little bit more musicality style than mm -hmm. than the choreo choreo. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yes, that that was kind of what I figured when you first brought it up. Like okay. Maybe that's the difference, but yeah. I, Lots of rhinestones. Oof, and, and I love stuff all the rhinestones. In, I love uh, all the shiny in, stuff. In the classic. Not that we don't have it in the Neo because you still might rhinestone your costumes, but it's just a little bit different. Yeah. A little bit different. So for, for those that might not know out there that might want to get into burlesque, mm, I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, because there's there certainly is a store or someone online selling everything, but- Etsy. Etsy. I was gonna say, do you make your own stuff Etsy or do you buy your stuff? So great. Um, I have some things made, and then I, if I'm gonna, if it like I have a gown, I rhinestone it myself. I can rhinestone my corsets. It is a pain in the ass, but it's way cheaper to do it yourself. Um, I use wax pens to pick up, and I use E6000 glue 
and I just mm, all also over just the like place. heavy duty fabric glue that you can yeah, get. Yeah, like, they Joanne. have E six thousand, and there's also E six thousand Fabrifuse. They're both great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but there are so many great people online. Um, I buy my pasties almost purely from her name is Ula Uberbusen. Shout out to her. She's amazing. Uh, I met her. She is now in New Orleans. I met her years ago when she did a tour here um, that used to be Uptown Arts Bar. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I kittened for them. And my payment, she was like, you can either have money or you can get pasties. I was like, give me pasties. So because they're not cheap and they're you know, not easy they're not. to make. And the mm-hmm. tassels, you know, there's really good quality and there's not as great quality. And the heavier they are, the better they spin, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good yeah, tip I there. Mean, Thanks for that pro tip. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find, you can find completely pre-made costumes on there for upwards of a thousand. Mm-hmm. You can find, it's not, I will say, this is not a cheap thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a cheap hobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you love it, you love it. And you can, and you you truly can make a living doing it. Just like I have figured out how to make a living, a living as a yoga teacher, which mm-hmm. who knows how that works, but mm-hmm. you know, you figure it out. Um, it is, you know, it is a kind of, I know people don't like this word, but it is a hustle. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. Um, I enjoy it though. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I take my time off. I do my thing, but I do enjoy being busy. Um, but yeah, you can find them. Like you can also watch. Um, you can also, you know, online, there are so many uh, like YouTube videos on how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Donna's touch. She makes the best fans. I mean, there's just so many great people who are former performers or are still performing that have kind of found their way mm-hmm. into, you know, selling the art that they create. Um, and it really is art. I mean, these fans are like 10 pounds, you know, they're heavy. These are like those big fans. fans are, like yeah. These boas are incredibly large and, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's craziness, but it's so cool. <laughs> like some of it I watch. I still, I still just kind of with no other, you know, puns, but fan. I just kind of fangirl out watching some of the people with, you know, it is a really incredible talent to be able to do some of the things that that classical artists do. Not mm-hmm. the, and and same with the neo, all of these ideas and costumes that people come up with and the people that create them. You know, it really is a work of art. Burlesque is the art of stripping. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about taking it off where, you know, believe me in the strip club, it, you take, it's about taking it off. Just get mm-hmm. it off. Like mm-hmm. just get the stuff off. That's Show me the, the goods, it. give it to me right away. <laughs> but with burlesque, it is an art of teasing and it is an art of the slow reveal. Sometimes the fast reveal is fantastic. That's what the song calls for. But for the most part, it's a slow, you know, it's about taking your time. It's mm-hmm. about moving through things in a way that, you know, you're you're getting, you're coaxing people out of their shells instead of just being like, there you go. Yeah. Which can be fun too sometimes, but yeah. 
I think one of my favorite things at burlesque shows has been the, like you say, the slow reveal and looking at all the little details and the, the layers that they put mm-hmm. into it because like they take off one thing you're like oh it's not just her her bare boobs there's another little like thing underneath there and then oh, you get yeah. to the pasties yeah and you know you just don't take the the skirt off and all of a sudden you see her her butt cheeks there's cute little like bloomers on and underneath the bloomers she's got a rhinestone thong like I've yeah. always enjoyed the like getting the slowly taking the layers off and seeing all the things because man yeah. the, the costuming again when I was a little girl as a dancer the thing I always liked was the costumes and oh, the costumes are amazing <laughs> yes, oh my gosh you guys I, I feel like I would absolutely love just looking at your closet and looking at all the rhinestones and the feathers and like I'm, I'm, and sequins I'm super into sequins <laughs> like, but I I had thought about for fun trying burlesque until I saw how much it costs and I was like it's not probably cheap. not for my budget right now. It's not cheap. You can't, but that's, but that's also the thing about, if, you know, if you have, you have the desire and you have an hour or even a half hour. And then once you start getting used to it, like 20 minutes a day and you have the time, you can do 20 minutes a day, just, fo- you know, finishing a half of a section. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a section meaning like that, you know, then you can get more and more and more. You can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's time consuming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of decide, like, do I have the time? Do I have the money eventually? Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that, um, you know, once I started getting more and more into not just utilizing movement, because that's, you know, my background, I wasn't, you know, I did. I did ballet. I was a ballet dancer before I found and musical theater before I did everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had movement in my body and, um, and I would always rest on choreography and floor work and tricks because I can, mm-hmm. but then realizing like, okay, but I can already do this stuff. How do I do the stuff? I, I'm, I'm not comfortable, with, which mm. is all the costumes. I started rhinestoning. Uh, I started saving. I, you know, I bought, they're called shimmy. It's um, like beaded fringe. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of beaded fringe work that I bought um, because that is beyond my realm. Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how that they, how they do that. I'm not a sewer. Yeah. Uh, I'm glue and glue with the best of them. But um, sewing has never been in my wheelhouse. Never, never really wanted it to be. Um, so I do have, you know, I do have someone that helps me alter things or change mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. slit things I used a um I was in a wedding and the the skirt it was a skirt and uh it was a fully sequined skirt and I had uh, my costume person slid it from the front and the back so I could Mm. use it almost like fans yeah um you can utilize so many things you already own that you don't even realize um start with cheap things Mm -hmm. buy the cheaper corsets stone them when they die then you know that you know you know what to do with it Mm -hmm. um because you know the good stuff if you want it to last for a while unfortunately just like yoga clothing you know the good stuff lasts it's Mm -hmm. also expensive you know the stuff that probably doesn't last as long you know isn't going to be as expensive but you got to buy more of it those kind of things sex toys are the exact same way you get what you pay for yes 
and, agree with that too. and something that <laughs> something that costs money will last you my magic wand has been going strong since 2017 that's, that's the longest awesome. I've ever had a toy last that's awesome <laughs> but that thing will probably last me 20 30 years right yeah you get what you pay for for sure for sure yeah definitely so, bought, I buy quite a few bottoms at uh Cirilla's and I just own them myself mm-hmm. Cirilla's mm-hmm. is great yeah. A good place um, to so for someone that might be wanting to get into burlesque, are mm-hmm. there, are there workshops? Are there classes? How does there someone are, really start practicing? There are, um, highly, you know, I, you know, you can look online. I know that people do them. Like I don't teach. I could, I just, I don't, I never, mm-hmm. you know, I've never really, um, thought about it too much um you know sometimes things that come naturally are harder to teach mm-hmm. whereas things you work really hard for um and that's what yoga was for me it was mm-hmm. hard maybe not physically because my body is I am very lucky to be as able-bodied as I am um but everything else took a lot of work and mm-hmm. so teaching has teaching has, 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 you know, not been easy for me, but it's easy because I understood what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I've never really thought about teaching burlesque, but there are many workshops all over the country that are happening. Um, my friend, Isabel Marie, who was the, uh, just now the 2022 runner up, absolutely incredible. I can't believe when, uh, still in shock sometimes. And she is teaching, she's teaching all the time in Vegas and she mm-hmm. produces her shows and she's in shows in Vegas. She is incredible. So if you're for some reason in the Vegas area, Isabel Marie, please look her up. Um, you can find her just like, I think it's Miss Isabel Marie on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, um, but you can find her. And then uh, I know that a woman named Rosie Cheeks teaches in New York, the burlesque school. I love that in name. She's amazing. She also came here with Ula Uberbusen um, when uh, they toured it. Uh, what should we call it? Uptown Arts Bar that doesn't yeah. no longer exist. Um, there's lots of classes. If you're looking into kind of opening up movement as you know in your sexuality I highly recommend alchemy uh pole studio Laura Martin is fantastic and actually who knows you might I might be doing a workshop there I forgot she did ask me a while ago so you never know you might you might see me over there um but she is amazing they have floor work classes but she really has a beautiful way of tapping into you know, your inner sexuality in your own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be like doing the splits on a pole. You can just <laughs> kind of flow around it. Um, but she is great. Yeah. And she's here in the Kansas City area. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. I will, I will, I've, I've thought about taking a pole class. I know they're, they're pretty popular. They kind of had like a really big phase and it, it I'm not going to say it's not that it's died out or anything. It just isn't quite as prevalent you know right. some of the circles that I'm running in they're not talking about like oh this poll class I did last week anymore yeah. like they were a few Laura, years ago but Laura I wanted to take com- one yeah she was competitive because mm. pole because of how strong and acrobatic it is is you know uh, um there's so many competitions and she's won 
many a competition. I know that she won something nationally at one point and I don't want to name because I don't know. But what I like about her space is how inclusive it feels um, and how comfortable it is. Mm -hmm. And she makes sure that you feel comfortable. She's Mm -hmm. never going to push someone. It's just about exploring and moving. And she's really great about it. I highly recommend it. I love that. I love that. That's good to know. Cause I, I, I mean, I have clients of all shapes and sizes and every single one of them, every single one of them deserves to feel like sexy and, and to bring out that, that sensuality that Mm -hmm. they're maybe repressing or haven't learned to unleash. And I think that dance and movement, it doesn't matter whether it's burlesque or it's stripping or it's the pole, or it's just a salsa class movement. Unlocks feels something. good. I think, I mean, now I say that again, being, you know, I know you won't see me or hear me, but I am, you know, a, a, an able-bodied, I, I'm short, I'm by genetics, very small. Um, and so I do know that when I, a lot of things that I say, I know won't, you know, won't have the same resonance for others. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to deny the, the privilege in my body that I have, even though I've tried to push it out for a really long time. Uh, I'm fully aware of it. And, um, and no matter how hard I work on something, I was always a few steps higher on the ladder. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, three steps up yep. from, from others. So I am aware of that. Um, but I do know that movement can feel really good, whether you're sitting in a chair moving mm-hmm. or you're standing up or you're rolling around on the floor. Um, sometimes just, yeah, just allowing the body to, to just feel good. Mm-hmm. It's just so important. Yeah. So I recommend it however you want to do. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Well, the last thing that I have is a newer segment that I'm offering to my guests, which is a chance to ask me, a sex coach, anything. Again, this can be mm-hmm. something that you're curious about, or you can ask for a friend, or if there's a topic that's come up between you and someone that you know that maybe you just want some some clarity, or uh, you know, did you give the right answer, things like that. But what is your question that you would like to ask me today? Hmm. Well, I would say, I mean, I'll, I'm pretty truthful. Maybe my, this is for me. I obviously, this is, you know, I can't speak for how my partner feels, but, um, or my husband, but, you know, sexual, you know, your, your libido ebbs and flows. Um, you know, I know that there will be a time we've been together 11 years and there will be a time where that ebb and flow is more of a lull. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for times like that? I recommend for times like that to try to focus on things outside of intercourse. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, keeping a healthy solo sex practice or masturbation, mm-hmm. because that gets the good neurotransmitters flowing through your system. Okay. Your, okay. your body doesn't really miss things like serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin until it gets a dose when they're like, oh wait, oh shit, I like that stuff. Give me more. And then your body's like, it wants it, but you got to give it a nice steady flow for it to realize it needs and wants it. And when you've got all those good neurotransmitters flowing through your system, it does help boost your libido. And plus we're, we are not 
limited on the amount of pleasure that we can experience as human beings. We can have an unlimited dose of pleasure and it won't kill us. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, focusing on things like, okay, maybe I'm not feeling like having intercourse right now. Maybe it's because of stress or whatever it may be. Try focusing on things like cuddling with cuddling with intentionality, not just like touching each other on the couch, but really like arms embracing in bed and legs over each other or spooning or, you know, what can you do with, with hands and mouths, you know, things that don't have to involve in penetrative intercourse. Um, but all of that, I think is that, that building intimacy, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so many people try to just label intimacy as being intercourse. Yeah. Um, but it's about so much more than that. When you're focusing all on all the things besides penetrative intercourse, it still feels like you've got that closeness. Like it keeps mm-hmm. you from feeling so far apart, even if you're not having as much sex as you were at one time. I get it. I like that. That's always something, you know, I feel like, yeah, it's not so much about like keeping it fresh and, and, and new, that kind of thing, because I don't know, to me that that feels a little, I don't want to say less important, but I, I enjoy any sexual orientation with my partner because I love him a lot, you know? <laughs> but there are some times where I'm just not feeling anything, mm-hmm. you know? So I love that. Yeah. That is, yeah. I appreciate that. I only love that. <laughs> yeah. And the only other thing I would add to that too is that oftentimes male-bodied individuals or people assigned male at birth are much more of a proactive sexual response Mm. cycle, whereas female bodies or assigned female at birth are much more reactive. So sometimes we're we're maybe not in the mood, but then after we start fooling around or making out, we're like, okay, yeah, I'm horny now. So not to say it will happen every time, but there could be times where if you're not quite in the mood and you start to do something outside of intercourse, you might eventually trigger that like, okay, I'm ready now. I wasn't before, but I'm ready now. But also give yourself the space to just leave Mm -hmm. it at the makeout session or the cuddling or, you know, anything else that's not penetrative focus. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for that question. I appreciate it. I do feel like I should tell you though, Mm -hmm. um, I forgot this in the beginning, <laughs> which is hilarious because this is important. My burlesque name is not Kira, though mm-hmm. that is my real name. And some people um, are going to be, that's why I named like Ula and Puss and Rosie and, you know, Isabel. They're going to be, um, they have their own Instagram mm-hmm. names for their burlesque. Burlesque has always kind of been secondary to yoga. So I don't, I go by Kira Lynn. Um, on Instagram, but um, my burlesque name is Petite Sarah. So I love that. (laughs) Um, I could not figure out what I wanted, um, but I'm a very short and small individual and my personality is not small, but I I am tiny by nature. And so uh, they named me Petite Sarah. I did not choose the name. Thank you, Marissa, but I do love it and it will stay that way forever. So (laughs) if you're ever wondering if you've seen me perform here in town, I do uh, do go by Petite Sarah. And I have been around the Opera House and we were at MTH years before. So if you've seen Burlesque Downtown Underground in the last few years, you've most likely seen me. 
good to know. I will, <laughs> I will watch out for shows with, uh, with yeah. on the bill. Like, I, I would love to come to a show soon. Are, are there some shows coming up this so summer? We don't have anything right now, but we, we will have more coming up. If you ever want to look up anything that might be happening in Kansas city with burlesque, it is kcburlesque.com. Nice and simple, just caseyburlesque.com. You can take a look at anything we might have going on. You can look at galleries of old photos and things like that. Um, there are old YouTube videos if you ever want to see performances just to get ideas. Um, I'm on there. There's lots of different, uh, lots of different ones. Perfect. So thank yeah. you for that. That was gonna be my next question. How do we find out more? So how how do my listeners find you online whether they want to come watch one of your burlesque shows or if so they'd like will, to maybe find you for yoga I absolutely will post I post both yoga and burlesque because I care about them both and if people have a conflict of interest with that that's their choice mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to say I don't care but I don't I don't oh. take it personally it's I'm not the same me. way I'm um, the same way with what I post if they don't like my pro-choice Pro gay, pro ho. Oh yeah, pro you're gonna see a lot of that like, for me too. Then you're gonna see a whole okay. lot of that for me mm-hmm. too. Um, I am not quite on the political front, but I believe yoga is political. And if you ever want to get in a debate with that with me, you can find me. I'm Kira Lynn. It's K Y R A L Y N. You can just look up Kira Weinberger uh, on you know on Instagram or Facebook. I tend to not accept people I don't know on Facebook because that is more um, family and things like that. But Instagram, Mm -hmm. I'm public, I'm open, and I'm happy to have conversations about burlesque or whatever it might be with anybody that wants to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so very much for joining me today on this episode of Keep Them Coming. Again, congratulations on winning Queen of Casey Burlesque. And I, again, look forward to seeing you in a show very, very soon. Yeah, I'll be around. (laughs) I'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.